from the letter to the Colossians. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known. The mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil and struggle with all the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. believe in God, 
the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you.
midst of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to Trinity Cathedral. My name is Adrian Cook, associate here at the cathedral, for those of you who don't know me. And if you're a newcomer or someone who would like to get to know us a little bit better, I invite you to check us out on the web at trinitycleveland.org. It's good to pray with you this evening. And I welcome our preacher, the Reverend Anna Sutterish. She's the canon for Christian formation in the Diocese of Ohio. As the patron saint of victims of slavery and human trafficking, her story and life is one of recovery from trauma and finding Or so says the internet. I'm always curious as to why a saint is a saint, and I'm sure that Josephine's life does serve as a beacon of hope to those who are oppressed, whether that's physically or emotionally or economically. But I'm also a little incredulous about that description of her because can one truly recover from trauma? Find wholeness through Jesus or was it more like community and belonging? And do we talk about and learn from Bakita or really any other black saint all year round or do we just remember her during the month of February? Here's her story. The woman was born in Sudan and was abducted by slave traders when she was seven. So pause to picture a year old. That's usually second grade. That's when she was enslaved. And she was so traumatized by that experience that she forgot her, her name. So her enslavers called her Bakita, which means lucky. It's sick. A seven-year-old enslaved person became called lucky. But perhaps that was a foreshadowing. Anyway, she was sold as property to a few different families, and then she became enslaved by the Italian vice consul. And the family was moving from Sudan to Italy and back and forth, and during one of those transitions, Bakita and the young Italian daughter um, who was her charge, ended up staying with some sisters in Venice. And she met these nuns 
She participated in the life of the convent, and she learned about Christianity for the first time. She writes in her autobiography, those holy mothers instructed me with heroic patience and introduced me to that God who from childhood I had felt in my heart without knowing who he was. Remember, she was enslaved when she was seven, and yet she writes that she had felt God from childhood in her heart without knowing who he was. So perhaps that sense the divine she felt from childhood is what provided hope during her enslavement. And perhaps in her time with the nuns, it was the first time she was seen and treated as what she is, a beloved child of God. Or perhaps she saw this as the only way out of enslavement. But when it was time to go back to the family who was enslaving her, she refused to go. She just didn't. She wouldn't cross the threshold. And the sisters protected her. There ended up being a lawsuit, and the courts decided that because slavery wasn't actually legal in Italy at the time, she just became free. So there was no transformation in her enslavers. They were actually pretty mad about their loss of property. Um, there was no like magical freeing of the oppressed, like the chains breaking. It was the courts, the power of the courts, who decided her humanity and her liberation. But she was free. And Bakita took the name Josephine. This time she had the agency to choose her own name. And she became a dedicated nun and driven missionary. She trained the, the young sisters for their ministry in the continent of Africa. And she was always committed to Africa. She was known for gentleness, for calm, for an ever-present smile, and a devotion to sanctity. So a woman who was abducted when she was seven ended up being known for gentleness, calm, an ever-present smile, and a devotion to sanctity. The locals still actually refer to her as Black Mother. And she wrote stories, and she was widely published, and she became known. There's a happy ending for her. But I think it's a really slippery slope for us to tell a story about enslavement as one of inspiration. You know, that despite all odds story of survival that make us feel extra warm and fuzzy when there is a happy ending. And I see a little of that inspiration in Paul's letter to the Colossians when he says, I'm rejoicing in suffering. I'm choosing servitude. I'm inspired by toil and struggle. What privilege to choose servitude. And that's all well and good, Paul. I'm happy for you. Um, and I do acknowledge absolutely that my toil and my struggle are made more bearable with the belief that God is with me in the fight. But there is certainly privilege when you choose your own suffering. Because I don't believe that God wants us to suffer. When we suffer, when we are enslaved, when we are sad and oppressed and depressed and suppressed, God is alongside us then, too. 
But Kita doesn't have to be a symbol of hope. She doesn't even have to be a symbol of hope to be a saint. She is allowed to be traumatized and terrorized and broken by her enslavement. She was enslaved. But in community, in belonging, and in love, through Christ, she was able to find a new normal that acknowledged her humanity and her worth. The enslaved and oppressed people in our world are not to be pitied or commodified or projected as inspiration for our own uses. It is instead our call as Christians to bring Christ's liberation, love, and justice to all, especially those oppressed in our own communities. God suffers alongside of us. God suffered alongside Bakita. And God wishes justice for us as God wishes justice for Bakita. Josephine is not a saint because she overcame trauma. But she is a saint because she was able to project the love and liberation of Christ to the world, despite and amidst inhumane and the evil sufferings of the world. May we also seek to serve that loving and liberating and life-giving God throughout all the evil that enslaves us and our neighbors.
God, our beloved parent, whose son forgave his enemies while he was suffering shame and death, strengthen those who suffer for the sake of conscience. When they are accused, save them from speaking in hate. When they are rejected, save them from bitterness. When they are imprisoned, save them from despair. And to us, your servants, give grace to respect their witness and to discern the truth that our society may be cleansed and strengthened. This we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our merciful and righteous judge. Amen. O oh God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Please join me in the concluding collect, number five by John Dunn on page three of your bulletin. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven to enter into that gate and dwell in that house where there shall be no darkness or dazzling, but one equal light, no noise or silence, but one equal music, no fears nor hopes, but one equal possession, no ends nor beginnings, but one equal eternity in the habitations of thy glory and dominion, world without end. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. May God bless you and keep you. May the light of the Holy Spirit shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of Christ turn towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.